This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk. Play ball! Here's legendary pitcher and broadcaster Jim Cott. Bad up! On the ride with Royce. Controversial Jim Cott. We're having a chance to talk to him for the uh, first time since he shook up the baseball world with the seven-inning proposal. What has been the response, sir? Well, I tell you what. Uh, first of all, for one of the first times, I'm in the same time zone as you are. Because, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Where are you at? Yeah, I'm doing the Cub Cleveland game okay. tomorrow. All right. And uh, so I was out visiting with uh, Tito Francona, Chili Davis, Carl Willis, and Brian oh, Butterfield, and uh, a lot of the ESPN crew. And and actually, they all realized that it is probably impossible to have that happen, but they all agree that they wish it would happen. That Seven is the new nine. Starting pitchers don't go much more than five anymore. Fans leave after two and a half hours. They seldom stay through the whole game. And I was giving them an example for the 13 years I did Yankee games, they were really good. And yes. yet there would be a two-to-two game, two-to-one game, and I'd seventh-inning stretch, and I'd look at my partner, Kenny Single, and I said, look, a lot of the people are leaving. They've had enough. Yeah. You know, they'd, and that was when the games were quicker. Yeah, and so I, I just thought with all these little things they're trying to do to knock a minute or two off the pace of play, which isn't really making that much difference, that the uh, the way the game is played today, particularly with starting pitchers, an example last week, Max Scherzer was like unhittable for seven innings, and then they took him out and the bullpen you know, gave up the game and he ended up losing the game, so to put more uh, kind of put more weight on the performance of starting pitchers, uh, they could pitch complete games a lot. So <laughs> I know it's fantasy, but I, I, if I were younger, I would love to try that in an independent league yes. and see what the reaction was. How about eight? Let's try eight first, see if that works. Eight might work. How about eight? It doesn't well, have to be. You know, a lot of the point, Eduardo Perez was with ESPN doing the game that I, I've known him since he was a youngster. He was saying, you know, if, if they get shortened to seven, I'm afraid they'll figure out a way to take the starter out after three and a third. I'm, a, I'm oh, with oh, him oh, on please. that. I'm afraid they'll yeah. still have 13 <laughs> pitchers and we'll still have six guys getting us to the finish line. So, uh, And that's, uh, of course, it, it feeds some of the analytic so-called geniuses that think that the way to go is have a bullpen game every day. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Tampa Bay is, is doing that, it feeds their uh, – 
it feeds their ego as well. There, there is some merit in the in the bullpen game. I was talking to Carl Willis about it. And if you don't have a good fifth starter, you know this is not new. Johnny Sane said back in the '60s, the day will come when you don't have a fifth starter and you use three relievers to go three innings apiece. Yeah. And then fast forward to '82, Whitey Herzog came to me. We had a big game against the Mets. We had a big five game series, which we fortunately ended up sweeping and won the division and on to the World Series, but he said, I can't tell Jeff Lottie he's starting. He's going to get too amped up, so he said, you're going to start, and if you can get through two innings, uh, <laughs> then we're going to bring in Lottie, and so I started against the Mets, and that's what happened. He brought Jeff in. He pitched well, so there is some merit there, but uh, in some cases, we might be going too far with that. Hey, Jim, is there anything that can be done to get hitters to swing the bats? That's the that's the problem to me, is they're not swinging the bats. And, of course, the other problem is the pitcher's always trying to make the perfect pitch. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I won't be alive for it. You might not. But I think we're going to have three balls and two strikes before it's all over. Yes, I was doing a radio interview uh, with MLB the other day, and Steve Phillips brought that up, and I said, you know, in spring training, my first spring with the Senators, for you younger fans might not remember, (laughs) the Twins were the Senators before they moved to Minnesota, and my first spring pitching against guys like Jim Lemon and Roy Seavers, our inner squad games, we played three balls, you walk, two strikes, you're out. So it kind of forced me as a pitcher to challenge the hitter and yep. uh, you know, not go not go to a two ball count. So, yeah, that might have some merit. I, I think your point about hitters swinging the bat and talking to Chili Davis, the Cubs hitting coach, and Tito Francona. There's so much information out there about launch angle and and hitting home runs and getting the ball in the air and scouting reports that that hitters are actually going to the plate and starting to swing as if the ball is going to be in a certain area, yes. and if it isn't, you know, they let it go. And then, you know, how can you try to create launch angle when you don't even know where the ball's going to be? And you combine all those things, and that's why we're seeing a gazillion strikeouts and uh, and uh, not as high a batting averages. Hey, uh, Jim, did you ever meet Joe Sewell, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame shortstop from Alabama? I never met him, but I believe I remember that he struck out 13 times one year. Well, he struck out four and three, and he struck four, out a, yeah, he struck yeah. out 100 he struck out 114 times in four years, and he, I mean in uh, 14 years, and he used the same bat, the yeah, 40 ounce right. bat for 14 yeah. years. Uh, it, it was a different bit of a game, a slap hitter then. But uh, I was yeah. just, I was just looking up. I saw a note that today in 1933, which was his last season, was the first time he struck out that year. So uh, you know, if if you get through a game without striking out twice, now we're pretty, uh, pretty proud of you. But we spent too much time, I guess, uh, fretting about the game instead of enjoying uh, some of the uh, the uh, good parts of it. The Twins have, uh, I. I don't know how much you got to see of Eddie Rosario, but that cat is fun to watch play, man. He yeah, is, I he saw is... that catch he made in the game. Yeah, they, the Twins have, uh, boy, when they're healthy, they have some athletic outfield. And You know, your point about fretting about the game, the the thing that feeds it, and it's, it's kind of, I don't know if you'd say it's sad, but it, it's certainly, uh, there's a conflict there is that 
a lot of the game is dictated from the front office and with analytical information, yes. but yet in talking to the guys today in uniform, I said it really kind of made me feel good. It, it solidified my thoughts on the game is that a lot of the terms that they use today, you know, the game is played the same. The terms are just different. But yeah. uh, the, the one thing that baseball has done, baseball being management and it's their own fault, is they've rewarded the home run, so guys, from a hitter standpoint, they don't really uh, feel embarrassed if they strike out 200 times. If they hit 20-some home runs, uh, they're going to get paid. So unless baseball wants to change the way they reward players and give out uh, long-term contracts for one or two good years or for a couple home runs, then uh, the players are going to continue to play the game that way, and you can't blame them. It is an interesting uh, uh, situation right now, though. Uh, I, I think you reached a, you've reached a point here now. The Twins have this guy Miguel, Miguel Sano, who obviously is uh, is uh, way too jumbo sized, and he's gotten hurt once again. But uh, at some point, he's going to hit thirty two home runs. But I don't think they're going to put up with him striking out two hundred. I, I think. I think. Some places they're starting to say this just is not sustainable to have guys strike out this often. Well, the point you make, I was I was talking to uh, the Cubs coaches, and I said, you know, you guys, you score ten and you win, but then you know the next day you score three and you lose. So everybody says, well, you had you, you averaged six and a half runs, but you're one and one, yeah, right? And they all said, yeah, we you know we just we don't put the ball in play enough. And I said, it's interesting that for as long as the game that I've been around, if you can score four consistently, yes. you're going to win with decent pitching. You're going to win a high percentage of your games. It, it's, it's trending toward five sometimes for some teams, but it, it's that consistent scoring four a day. And oftentimes to do that, it might call for a base hit the other way or a sacrifice or a hit and run to help produce those four runs. But we don't do that. So the hitters one day feast off maybe the tail end of a pitching rotation. They score 10. And then the next day against quality pitching, they score one or two, and they end up 500. So putting the ball in play still has a lot of value. Hey, uh, Jim, we just uh, uh, passed the uh, seventh anniversary of Harmon's uh, death, and I saw you responded on Twitter. Uh as uh, you were his teammate, of course, and then his rival for a while, how feared was he? Because I always remember the Boughton, the Boughton book where uh, uh, Boughton asked Fritz Peterson how he did, and he said, ah, the fat kid hit a triple, a double off me with the bases loaded, you know. Har- <laughs> Harmon is, uh, you know, he, he had his years where he hit 250, Hey, but he didn't strike out huge numbers at time. But how how feared was he in the American League? Well, he was just that pure slugger. Yes, uh, you Little know I remember Raleigh. Fan. Yeah, Raleigh Raleigh Fingers had such trouble with him that uh, I think Dick Williams at one point told him to just stay at the hotel. He didn't want to be tempted to bring him <laughs> in. He just I don't know what his overall numbers were, but you know Harmon was one of those sluggers that was also disciplined at the plate. Early in the count, I think pitchers knew his zone, as as most power hitters are, would be middle of the plate in. They're ready to, you, know, you throw something or make a mistake inside early in the count, uh, they're going to pull it. And then uh, and then he had great discipline that he he never offered or seldom offered 
at a borderline pitch on the outside corner. And uh, I think that worked its way into almost like Ted Williams and where the umpires would say, well, if he took it, it must be a ball. So that really worked to Harmon's advantage. So he was disciplined at the plate as well as – and one thing he had for a power hitter, when you see the hitters today, you'll see it tonight if anybody's watching a Cubs game like Javier Baez is just a very talented player – but he'll come out of his shoes and fall all over the place. Harmon had that balanced power swing that he seldom lost his balance. It yes. was like effortless power. And then he hit those. Uh, and in those days, home runs were not as plentiful as there are today. So when he hit those high, majestic home runs, it, it was quite, uh, you know, it was quite a wow experience for the fans and also for some of us sitting in the dugout. Jim, have you ever commented on the? Uh absolute explosion in check swings. And I'm thinking of a guy like Sano. The guy check swings uh, 25 times a week. And, and you know, 10 times a week they're asking the first umpire, base umpire if he went or not. Harmon might have done that 10 times a month at the most. The, the check swings of the uh, are... It, that's all part of staying back and, and, and uh, having a better idea, don't you think? Well, I, I, your your point, that's a good point, and, and right ties into talking to Chili Davis. We're talking about the strikeouts and the this fetish with launch angle, and he said, you know, the only way you create launch angle is you've got to cheat on the fastball and get the bat out front early. That's the only way you're going to, and it's not the swing, it's the ball that's launched. It, where, it's, where it's hit on the bat is what creates launch angle. But if you're interested in doing that and you start early, and look for the ball out front, and then at the last minute you see it's not there, then you check your swing. So yeah. I think there's a lot of guesswork uh, now with hitters, and I think in that case, in those cases, they start their swing too early instead of letting the ball come to them. Frank Thomas, the Hall of Famer, had an excellent piece on TV the other day where he said he wanted to let the ball come to him as long as he could and then swing. Now everybody is eager yeah. to get that bat out front, the other byproduct of that is that we see a lot of hitters losing time because they get hit on the wrists. Yeah, that's they true. They start their hands out front so quickly. Yeah, I never thought of that part of it because we are we are we are losing big players to that yeah. right now. Hey, have a good ball game uh, and have a good stay in Chicago, there, Jim. Thanks, Patrick. All right, take the, care. The great Jim Cott. Uh, I brought up Harmon, guys. There was a left-handed pitcher named George Brunette from the California Angels, and mm-hmm. he was a goofy guy. He was pitching in the Mexican League when he was like 43, one of these guys. <laughs> but I think it was 62, uh, two on, nobody out, first inning. He calls Rigney out to the mound with the Angels, walks him, intentionally walks Harmon. Wanted nothing. Two on, nobody out, first inning. Intention. He calls him out, and Rigney says, what do you want? He says, can I walk him? <laughs> and he walks. George Burnett was terrified of Harmon and never wanted to. He'd walk him in any circumstance that was possible. How did he end up with the Angels? Couldn't I, cut it in the Mexican yeah, League. That's right. <laughs> he, went to the, he was with the Angels. He cut it with the Angels, and then he ended up that's in the Mexican right. League. All right. We'll be back. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. And Dunn strikes out, out number two. All third strike, and Garcia knew it. Yes, he did. 
Three pitches, and that's how you want to handle that first batter after getting a lead. Good job by there by Phil Hughes. Picks up his third strikeout. Got him looking. With Hughes singeing the outside corner, one away. And strikeout number six for Hughes. Are you here by circle? I remember when uh, Kevin Slowey was the uh, high draft choice of the Twins and was on his way up through the farm system and getting people out, and I called his college coach, and I think it was Winthrop, but it might have been, uh, it was uh, one of those smaller schools down in North Carolina. It, okay. wasn't, it wasn't Winthrop, it was one of them, I can't remember. And he said he could throw a ball in a teacup. Was it, you know, a control pitcher? Mm-hmm. Didn't throw that hard or anything. Well, Phil Hughes threw hard, but uh, when he had his good stuff. You were right, Winthrop University. Winthrop University. When he had his good stuff, he could throw a ball in a teacup. And uh, what he found out is when he got hurt, when he lost his, uh, when he got had some injuries to deal with, he lost his uh, fastball. I, I asked him this spring, can you ever get that command back? And he said, you need good stuff to have command because then you can throw it anywhere you want to sure. and not worry about you know whether it's going to be hit over the fence. Yeah, because the entire gotta, objective is to keep the hitter off keep, balance. you got to keep yes. it out of the middle of the mm-hmm. plate. But when you have good stuff... You can, uh, you know, okay, just let her go and hit that outside corner at the at the letters, and then hit the knees, and then hit the other. When you have good stuff, you can take the chances. And good stuff for him was ninety four mile hour fastball and an unhit and a cutter that nobody wanted to hit. But when he lost his fastball, now his year, he came here and with a spotty Yankee career. But in in two thousand ten. With the Yankees, he was 24 years old. He was 18 and 8. Now, they had a great club. His ERA was only 419, but he had a great club. I mean, he had, uh, he, he walked, uh, how many did he walk that year? That year, he actually had a few walks. And then he ended up, remember, he ended up back in a bullpen or something? Well, yeah, because he, he, he was the main setup guy uh, in their World Series run in 09, was he not? And uh, yeah, he was great out of the bullpen then. 2012, he's 16 and 13. 2013, he had a horrible year, 4 and 14, and that's when the Twins got him. That's when the Twins were able to sign him. He comes in here, he's 16 and 10, 352 ERA, 209 and two thirds innings, and 16 strikeouts, 15 of them unintentional. And remember, he had, I believe he had four in his first two starts. He had 12 walks in 30 starts that's After incredible that, 12 walks in 30 starts and it was you know it was real good and, and he fit he where did he finish in the cy young voting because he was up there was yeah. he not yeah i think he was fourth or fifth something i don't know but he, he was 28 then so we can now badmouth terry ryan for giving him the contract because he'd only been here one year but we were also giving the twins a hard time for not having any pitching and he wanted to lock the guy up. As it turned out, it was a disaster. But uh, now the Twins owe him uh, uh, twenty-two million still, and re- really, basically, through the life of that whole contract, 
Phil is not and paid at all. You know what? The one thing that I don't know that has been brought up with the Phil Hughes contract extension, and of course, now looking back, it does look bad, but Phil was really good that first year, obviously, as you just laid out. He got Cy Young mentions, but I think a lot of people forget. Remember, Pat, at the very end of the season, the very last game of the year, he had the chance to earn a significant bonus by yeah, pitching another $1000 by pitching another whatever it was inning or whatever and he said that's okay you know yeah. uh, by the way in retrospect it might have been the greatest marketing thing ever cuz Terry said what a guy let's give him an extension but you know what but I'm he saying did it. yeah he could have gotten 500 th- they were willing to pay it to him and he said no no i didn't, I didn't earn my, it yeah i didn't get my he is a he is a uh, pretty honorable guy he's a good but, dude yes but 2015 he didn't really have he just didn't pitch good in 2015 and hit that was kind of the story of his career and a lot of people didn't think he was in shape 2015 he was bigger than he was well he came in in 2016 he'd lost like 30 pounds yeah, remember we saw him at twins but he, fest but he had he looked great but he had shoulder problem outlet sur- surgery two surgeries and uh the fastball never came back you know the fastball never came back and he never had a mix of pitches. He never had a changeup. His curve, he could throw that loopy curveball, but he didn't have a real good, he didn't have a slider. He was always trying to add pitches, but he didn't have those pitches. Mm-hmm. So to, he was going to be a pitcher when he could throw hard and could he throw his cutter and once in a while a drop in a curveball, everything was fine. But he was never going to be able to remake himself as a junk baller. Not not going to happen. And he never uh, really could get it past 90, you know, 91, mm-hmm. 92. When I didn't think what they were trying to do now was the worst plan of all time. Trying to get him out and tell him to throw as hard as he could on the very... For an sp- inning or in, in whatever, spots, yes. In the spots wherever they could use him. But... Every time he got a pitch in the middle of the plate, they hit it over the fence. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't going to work here. I don't think it'll work. It'll be interesting if he just hangs it up. He's only uh, 30. What? What? When's He's 32? His, his birthday is 624.86. So he'll be, yeah, it'll be 32. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, who knows if, if something could possibly occur where he got it back. But uh, it wasn't going to work here. He's a wealthy man. He can do whatever he wants to do. A good guy. I always liked him. And uh, it's it's easy to uh, look at it as a disaster, which it is uh, financially. But he'll admit that. He'll he'll say that hey, I never I never paid him off for what they did for me. Well, and that's I think He's, why a lot of fans and you know us probably included were kind of rooting for that comeback. That because mm-hmm. he was such a good pitcher back in 2014 that you yeah. kind of were expecting him to maybe regain yeah. a little well, form. Yeah, and he was 28. That's prime time. But he uh, was on Twitter. He, he Last night, the uh, the reporters who were there, he declined to talk last night after he, because they announced it after the game. They didn't announce it before the game. I think they announced it after the game. So it was moments after probably he found out. Baseball, he tweeted this today. Baseball can be a harsh and humbling game. Respect to the Twins organization and fans for always treating me incredibly well. We'll miss you guys. So uh, I think he's living out in California now, and he'll probably head on back home. And maybe in a year from now, he'll uh, see if he can uh, find his fastball someplace. But uh, right now, he's got the Tampa Bay Lightning to worry about. Yes, he does. All right. All right. We'll be back. (laughs) 
Mr. John Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update is sponsored by Orkin. Every home is unique. That's why Orkin relies on the latest science to get rid of pests. Visit Orkin.com today. Orkin, pest control down to a science. Minnesota Wild introduced their new general manager, Paul Fenton, today. Fenton told reporters this team's already got a lot going for it. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, this team's got a lot going for it. Some changes to, to rosters. And uh, <laughs> to come here to a team that has been in the playoffs six times, it obviously doesn't need to be overhauled. This is, you have a lot of really good veteran pieces, young guys that are coming. And I'm looking forward to just trying to put some finishing touches to help us win. Fenton says the goal starting now is to win a Stanley Cup. I love this version of Kenny. It's so great. <laughs> well, Roycey, off the air, my God, we're trying to have a conversation, a civil conversation in here about chicken fried steak. <laughs> yeah. And no. you're blah, blah, blahing over well, the talkback yeah, about some yes. sports Let thing. me defend Patrick because I started this conversation yes. over there well, with him. Well, keep it over there because we're talking chicken fried steak in here. <laughs> And we were talking uh, old baseball yeah. players hanging out with uh, uh, their non-matrimonial partners yes. uh, oh. in ball four. That's yes. still uh. not as interesting as the chicken fried steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had some the other day that just changed my life forever. Oh, really? But anyway. And chicken th- fried steak and, is the And best. it was thanks to you, sir, by the way. Okay, good. That was good. Huh? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Tigers again tonight from Target Field. What was it like, Kenny? Yeah. I don't, can't. Don't say. Yeah, don't say. That's illegal in all fifty states. <laughs> Lance Lynn. It's illegal in Costa Rica. For that. Costa bleeping Rica. Lance Lynn pitches for the Twins. Lefty Matthew Boyd that should be for the illegal Tigers. Too, the way he's pitching. Okay. Uh, Ryan Lamar back up from Rochester and oh, in the right. lineup tonight. He'll take the spot of Phil Hughes on the roster. The lineup, uh, Dozier, Grossman, Rosario, Escobar, Garver, Morrison, Lamar, Adrianza, Buxton, uh, Grossman, the DH. Hey, how about uh, Morrison picking it over there at first base? Yeah. Uh, he's All of a sudden, he's scooping it. Yeah. Maybe he isn't as rotten as we thought. I think if Lance Lynn has another terrible start, we call him chicken fried steak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, one other major league note, Jose Batista employed already again. Who signed him now? The Mets. Really? One-year major league contract. Oh. Uh, he's already, he was awful, wasn't he? He hit like 160, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good enough right now. Been added to the Mets roster already, available for tonight's game. Uh, Philip Evans, option to AAA and a corresponding move for the Mets. They're still right and waiting for David Wright to come back and take over third base, right? <laughs> How many more years is he still under contract? I don't know, but uh, Joe Bauer never has to feel guilty, I'll tell you that. Just just wait till September when old Tim Tebow gets called oh, up. Can't wait for that. Isn't he actually playing okay? I don't know. I, he, he was on Golik and Wingo like a couple of weeks ago, and he was hitting like 225 or something like that. I bet he was saying, oh, it's just so much fun. I just enjoy <laughs> yeah. it so much, and I thank the Lord. And, uh... St. Paul Saints continue Actually, their Actually, you're series. right. He was. <laughs> you're dead on, Patrick. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He is hitting 240 with four home runs, 18 ribbies for Birmingham. Okay. Birmingham. Uh, St. Paul continues their series with the Chicago Dogs tonight, a 7.05 game at CHS Field. NBA basketball on the station tonight, game four of the Houston Golden State Series. War, uh, series, excuse me, Warriors leading the series two games to one right after the Adrian Heath Show. So it's the Adrian Heath Show at six and NBA basketball. Live and in person, seven. are they here today? Are they here tonight? I believe so. All yes. right, good. 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't think he'll be throwing the ball to Des Bryant, even though I remember Jason Witten said he thought Bryant would end up in Green Bay. Uh, today uh, was the uh, first day of OTA practice for the Packers. He said, I'm paid to play quarterback. I don't make those decisions. Uh, but he said he doesn't think that uh, Des will end up in Green Bay. Of course, the Packers cutting Jordan. Jordan what do you Nelson What do you think, John? Should they Should they sign Des Bryant? No, you don't want Des. I don't, don't want, want Des. Des. I don't want Des. No, it is weird that he's still unemployed, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, he probably wants a big amount of money, and he's a pain in the ass. Did you know that he's Packers? not nearly as good as he? Boy, is that going to be a liner sometime soon? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know the Packers? The Packers signed a receiver named. Quantumius, yes, Quantumius yeah. Saint Brown. Brown. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. He was drafted. There was a, there was a Saint um, Brown. Yeah. Uh, Real Sports on HBO. They did a feature on him and his brothers and their dad. Mm-hmm. He's kind of their dad is sort of Lavar Ball light, except no. he's not as he's not as like he flamboyant and this. Yeah, he's not as crazy. Do the brothers also have names that are perhaps not? Yes, names they're all. See they're all. I can't remember what they are, but they're all sort of. Little abnormal, okay. abnormal. Quantumius? Is that how you say the quantum? I'm trying to find the one here. Hold on. The traffic man's going to be Hold very on. upset. The name <laughs> is, ladies and gentlemen, the name is Tal Royal Smoochie Wallace, <laughs> University of Miami. Oh, that's so I had good. to get that one. Uh, All right. Did he say Smoochie? Smoochie Wallace. Maybe it's Jonas Valsu That's right. <laughs> I like Smoochie better. <laughs> Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. Have a nice ride. On 1500 ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Uh, the Gophers were on a bus to Omaha yesterday, and they got there uh, in time to uh, learn uh, that the tournament starts Wednesday. They're the number one seed, of course. They're Big Ten champs. Uh, in in the regular season, but the uh, Big Ten today announced uh, they're all tournament teams, all Big Ten teams. First of all, John Anderson uh, was the Big Ten Coach of the Year for the seventh time. That is the most in Big Ten history. Uh, Taryn uh, Vavra, the shortstop, was a uh, unanimous selection at shortstop. And Max Meyer was a unanimous uh, was was the one of the two pitchers. Uh, he was a he's a relief pitcher, and Patrick Fredrickson. Those are both freshmen. Uh, Pat uh, Patrick Fredrickson and Max Meyer. Patrick Fredrickson was the pitcher of the year, and also the freshman of the year. And uh, Max Meyer, of course, was the uh, is the, he the kid from Burnsville. Max, is that- I think so. And a closer, and he's really good. He throws hard. And uh, then uh, second team, Micah Coffey, the third baseman, and Reggie Meyer, their other really good starting pitcher. And Luke uh, Patterson, who's a really good player, is the uh, second baseman. He was the third teamer. And uh, the all-freshman team, Max Meyer and uh, Patrick Fredrickson. Uh, the Big Ten Player of the Year was a kid named Brent Spillane from Illinois. Gophers start tomorrow against Michigan State. They're in the third game of the day. But they put eight teams into the tournament, so there's no bye for finishing first. And it's baseball, so if the other team has a good pitcher, you in trouble. <laughs> you got your hands full. All right, nineteen from the mid nineteen fifties to the early sixties, basically television was westerns, uh, black and white westerns for the most part. There mm-hmm. were endless supply of them. 
on uh, all of the networks. And there is one called Cheyenne, a guy named Cheyenne Bodie. And the story was Cheyenne was raised by Native Americans. And then, but he wasn't, he was a white guy. But he was raised by Native Americans. And the star was a ruggedly handsome fella named Clint Walker. And Clint died uh, yesterday, nine days short of his 81st birthday. Uh, but uh, it was a extremely popular uh, show, and it ran from uh, what years here? It ran for about seven or eight years, which was a pretty good run for a western back then. Cheyenne, it ran from fifty-seven to uh, sixty-three, sixty-four. Cheyenne, but uh, I I ran across this interview for uh, for the Clint Walker had describing the character Cheyenne Bodie. Yes. Why is it not playing? We want it to play. Give me one second here. Okay. I got to figure out this we computer. We have to play this because this is the punchline in this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not going to work. No, huh? give me one second. Give me one second. I need to do it about, I uh, gave you the seconds yep. where to start it. Yep. Okay. It's not that. It's the new computer that's okay. actually pretty nice in here. Okay. Here we go. We're ready to go. Oh, here we go. We're ready to go. Not going to go? There's no audio. <sighs> Where's the audio? Okay. We're, we got to wait for this because we got the, you know, we're, we're, uh, you, you don't. You're not betting. I think we're having technical issues here. I'm sorry about mm-hmm. that, Patrick. I, I I'm playing it, but I'm not getting any sound from the computer, so oh. I apologize. Well, that's yeah, but it's a new computer, so that's good. We only have to put up with that one for ten or eight Well, this is too bad because Clint uh, was telling a lot of things about the honor and the fact when he saw somebody being picked on. He would stop, and Cheyenne would stop, and take. He just had to help those people out, mm-hmm. and it was, and it kind of remind me of myself. You know, was <laughs> the uh, was what we were going to do there, but well, what the hell? Uh, that's the way it goes. Can you hit the clicker? Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski both no shows at the voluntary OTAs, even though they were right next door at the TB12 workout facility uh, at Patriot Place, right mm. next to Gillette Stadium. How does Coach they Belichick were, feel about we, that? Uh, Coach Belichick, surprisingly, says he's only talking about people who are in attendance. Ah. But, ladies and gentlemen, as I stated after this year's Super Bowl, which they almost run, one, it's over. It's over. Think the Patriots it's dynasty over. is it over. Is, it has come to an end. Uh, Do you think Brady's going to have? They're think he's going to have a fall gonna, off the cliff type season, or I think he'll be mediocre. The mm-hmm. def- he'll be okay, but their line is terrible. Their offensive line is terrible. Their defense is terrible, and the dissension now reigns. Yeah, and uh, Brady is pouting because even though they traded Jimmy Garoppolo, he's still he's mad. mad about he it. had to tell them to trade Jimmy Garoppolo that obviously Belichick wanted to tie his future to Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, he's pouting and uh, it's over. They won't even win hot piping, hot take. They Isn't won't even amazing? win the, NA, the uh, AFL uh, American AFC East. They won't win it. Isn't it amazing? You look at two 
franchises, two different sports, but two franchises that everybody kind of looked at as sort of the standard that everybody aspires to be. You got the Spurs with dissension with Kawhi, and you got the Patriots now with Brady yes, pouting right. behind the yes, scenes. Yes, you're and right. Very about, good point. It's, yeah. I mean, and you got, you got Popovich, Popovich and, and Belichick, and Belichick they, the two guys that they, get lumped in together as the greatest ever. These and, problems. Yeah. yeah, no. Crazy. Uh, Aaron Donald didn't show up for the OTAs for the Rams. And he'll be okay. They better make sure they get him in there, right? I think he'll be okay. Didn't though. they sign what's his name though? Dom Kinsu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those two he guys on the line together. Aaron, he couldn't carry Aaron Donald's cleats. I agree. Yeah. but he's still pretty. But you good. put him. He's next a nice to complimentary Donald. piece, though. Yes, he is. <laughs> they'll uh, they're gonna. But I I like this Aaron Donald saying, "Pay me." I'm not yeah, going to. And they should pay him. I'm not going to play for cheap anymore. Brandy Chastain. We all remember her uh, <laughs> yeah. ripping her top off when she scored the goal uh, in uh, the, 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 the sports, the very modest sports bra, but we all treated it like it was a striptease. Anyway, uh, when the uh, U.S. won the Women's World Cup back in whatever the hell it was 99? 99. 99. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was. Inducted into the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame in San Francisco, and you got to see this. It's in my Twitter's account, Twitter account. It's anywhere else. They have a plaque there. The woman looks like Laura Davies. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with who, who the hell. Stevie Wonder must have done this. Who the hell did this? The best was Passelt's line. Passelt. Jeff Passelt said it looks like Rookie. It does look like Rookie. I said it looked like Rattle. Yes! It, looks more it does like look Rattle like Rattle. It does her. They must have got them mixed up when they were both going into the Bay Area Hall of Fame. It's unbelievable. What? And the, the ESPN, uh, the Associated Press... Or the headline on the Associated Press Store and ESPN says she looks like Gary Busey. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. How could they do well, How could they have the public to. How, how did she take it? Was she having fun she with it? Said, she said, uh, it's. Uh, oh my gosh. It's that's not horrible. the most flattering, but it's nice. Sure. She said. Not the most I'm just flattering. I'm looking at it now. That's horrible. She said, Sue. <laughs> that is she terrible. Said, Sue. Who the hell did it must have got like somebody must have done it for 50 bucks or something. Hey, I'll get you a bronze plaque. Yeah. Man, why? <laughs> it actually it's, does look like Carrie Busey. It's oh off. It's off. Wow, it's Rattle without the beard. Rattle without the mustache. Hey, the Bucks rookie, Sterling Brown, uh, got basically tasered on January 26th. The police used a stun gun on him when he was in a Walgreens parking lot at 2 a.m. just getting something. And uh, the video is going to be released shortly, and we might have some difficulties in in uh, in Milwaukee because the uh, the assistant police chief, Michael Brunson, the su- senior, showed up at a church congregation Sunday to say, uh, there's going to be a video that's going to come out soon in the next couple of weeks involving the department, and I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to need your support during the challenges. And uh, the mayor has uh, seen the video, and he's concerned about the public backlash. Apparently, these two knuckleheads just tasered them. Well, seemed like for no reason. And remember, they had a big mm. situation a couple of years ago in Milwaukee. Um, mm-hmm. With Was it a shooting? Uh 
that that yeah. happened in that same vicinity too. We got to run here, but there's some dumbass cops out there. I don't care, buddy. We got to support our police. Yes, unless you're an idiot. We'll. This is The Ride with Roycey. Makes you happier, healthier, more intelligent, and honest, according to new research. Oh, Roycey, you're I, in luck. I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. Do you have the time to We got moments. Who's got the best daily complaint? Uh, the Brandy Chastain thing. That's, oh, just, that's just terrible. It is. Yeah, it shouldn't it's just, show it's it ridiculous. Like, it's, that's, that's, whoever made that should be... Never allowed to do that. We again. did get a tweet, though. Apparently, it is going to be redone. Okay, Good. Adrian and uh, Jamie Watson are in here, ready for the uh, Adrian Heath show. Right, momentarily. Uh, stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.